Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast, Transsensual Experience, Life-Changing Experience, whatever you want to call it, it's a hell of an experience. Thank you for tagging along. I'm happy to see you here. I'm set, happy, I'm, I'm ecstatic to see that you survived the international break. I don't know if I did. Um, honestly, I think I'm just kind of walking around in my dead body and I will not be revived until the Arsenal play, and that is not going to be until Monday against Leicester City at the Emirates Stadium. Um, but, you know, I, I want to get another win in this game, just like just like everybody else does, and I'm relatively confident going into this. However, with that being said, we've, um, well, we've, we've cocked up easier matches, you know. So I'm not entirely confident. I think that Leicester City can give us problems, but essentially this is going to be my pregame analysis of the Leicester City game. I thank you all for coming along. Thank you for tagging along. I thank you for those that have been listening to the podcast. I do really appreciate it. It does kind of take a while, you know, to... And the, the most difficult thing for me, at least, because I do still live with my family, is to try to find a space that no one is really in because I do feel very awkward uh, just talking into my phone about Arsenal if I have people around the room kind of watching me that don't know at all, don't know anything at all that I'm talking about essentially. So thank you for tagging along. I think the days that these are going to come up now is, is going to be on Thursdays. Some Thursdays I won't be able to upload, but I will upload at least one every single week. I'm thinking about uploading two this week due to the congestion of matches that Arsenal do have. But without further ado, let's get into some of that news before we talk about the game against Leicester City coming up this Monday. So, Laurent Koscielny has retired from international football in a tearful interview that I'm sure all of us have seen, either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know, and he, I thought what he said was really, really kind of eye-opening because I think us as fans kind of like to believe that, you know, players, all players really kind of put the team first and put themselves second, but we do have to realize they are still human beings and they care about winning individual awards and, and, and essentially making fantastic life events that they'll remember for the rest of their life. And I remember the one quote he said in it, he was like, part of me wanted to win because I'm, part of me wanted the French to win because I'm proud to be French, but part of me wanted them to lose because I wasn't there. And I was like, whoa, you know, that's coming from the French captain. So Really, really upsetting interview that, and I just, you know, the luck of Koscielny there was just, was just so sad, really. And I, to, let's, because I mean, let's let's have it right. I think if Koscielny was there, they would have won anyway. You know, they have such a great squad. Even if he wasn't actually playing, he would have been on the bench, and he's a big voice in that dressing room, and he would have had a World Cup title to his name. It is very unfortunate that he wasn't able to lift the title, but life goes on, and. He retires from international football, rightfully so, really. He's been really kind of plagued with injury over the past few years. His Achilles heel has been giving him some serious problems. And I think just cutting out cutting out some games from the, front, from the French national team, which are primarily going to be friendlies for the foreseeable future, I think he, he was right to definitely go in and, um, and retire from the French national team. But respect to Koscielny, he's an absolute French legend. And I'm gutted for him to see that he wasn't able to lift the World Cup trophy. Another news about another center back at the club, Socrates Papavopoulos, 
has picked up what appears to be a minor injury on international duty. By far, that is the most annoying thing about international duty, and that is why everybody hates it. Socrates has probably been our best defender this year. No, scratch that. Socrates has undoubtedly been our best defender this season, and now due to the fact that he had to play in some stupid friendly game with his national team that meant literally nothing. And, and you know what? I don't want people to come out, and because I don't even know if it was a UEFA Nations League game or something like that, because honestly, when the international break starts... Apart from like it being a game like France versus Germany or like Brazil versus Argentina, I do not keep any track whatsoever of what is going on because frankly, I do not care. So maybe it was a UEFA Nations League game, but nonetheless, those games are irrelevant as well. And the fact that we have like three in the first three months of the season is so annoying. And and this is why. This is why, you know, because because now he's an integral part of our starting eleven. And now Unai Emery has basically stated, you know, it doesn't look like it's anything serious, but he's a doubt for Monday. And if you've been watching football for a long time, you kind of know when they say, oh, he's a doubt for Monday, it generally means he will not be playing Monday or he will not be playing Sunday or whatever day the game is. So I'll get into my starting 11 a little bit later, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we're all well aware that, you know, when, when a manager says that, it generally means they're not going to be playing. So I don't think Socrates is going to be playing on Monday against Leicester City. Um, other than that, in terms of news, nothing else has really come out. Uh, Danny Welbeck, I guess, has a hamstring injury. I couldn't find any real further news on it, so I'm not sure if it'll affect him enough to the point where he won't be on the bench. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll probably make the bench, but but only time will tell, to be frank. Um before I get into the before I get into the starting eleven, though, um, I just wanted to give a little shout out to one of our very own little youngsters who's out on loan at the moment at Hoffenheim, Mr. Reese Nelson. And I think this needs to be talked about a little further, not just about Arsenal, but about the Premier League in general. Now, Reese Nelson, he went over to the Bundesliga to play for Hoffenheim for game time, essentially. He's not the only one that went and did that, you know. A lot of young English players are going abroad to get a lot more game time and things like that. You know, you look at Jordan Sancho, who actually left Manchester City to go and play at Borussia Dortmund. And he has, I don't, I don't know the numbers exactly because I don't really care. But he has something ridiculous like nine assists in his past seven games or something like that. So I, I just, it just kind of bothers me because I myself as a fan was kind of because I don't live in London and frankly I don't have any ties to London what drew me to Arsenal was the fact that they kind of cared somewhat about their youth also just the beautiful style of football they played but it seemed like Arsenal were one of the few teams in the Premier League that actually cared about playing their youngsters but now it seems as though every team in the Premier League really in the top 10 do not give a, a rat's ass about their youngsters and they're having to go abroad now or they're having to go to smaller English teams in order to get game time and I just I just don't agree with that at all because now do you remember do you remember Serge Gnabry he actually went on loan first his first loan was at um West Bromwich Albion and that just did not work out out at all and now with that being said I know Gnabry is German but nonetheless you know he went over to the Bundesliga and that's a brave thing to do you know he was at Arsenal for a while so we went over to the Bundesliga to get some more game time and then he had a fantastic Olympic Games. I don't know if you guys remember it, but he basically was 
the reason that Germany made the final of the Olympics. They did end up losing because, you know, to be honest with you, most of the players on Germany, most of the players on Brazil were not the real players, but Neymar just so happened to be there for Brazil because he wanted a medal. But anyway, uh, Gnabry caught the attention of Bayern Munich and then he was gone. He was off Arsenal's books and, and, you know, and now he's just gone in general. So I just, that, you know, things like that pissed me off because he was a fantastic youngster that I think really could have brought a lot to the table. And we're in dire need of a winger right now. We don't really have anyone that brings width. So maybe a Reese Nelson or a Serge Gnabry being at the club would actually help us out. But, you know, good luck to Reese Nelson for the rest of the season and shout out to him for being so brave. But yeah, you know, I think the Premier League really has to kind of take a good hard look at themselves and kind of realize that, you know, there's a lot of really talented young players in the squad and or not in the squad in the league rather and I think it's time to to kind of give them the attention that they deserve so uh, I'm not going to go on any further of a rant than that but I just because I just saw a picture of Reese Nelson and um, Jordan Sancho standing right next to each other in their Arsenal and Manchester City kits and I just thought wow neither of those players are even at their respective teams anymore I mean Reese Nelson is obviously just on a loan but nonetheless you know, in order to get a chance, they had to go to a completely different country, which the Premier League definitely have to look into that. They should make a rule where maybe each team has to have one player in their youth academy, at least on the bench or something. Like a team like us wouldn't struggle with that, but a team like Manchester City, for example, that would definitely give a better avenue for the likes of Phil Foden and players like that. But but without further ado, you're not here to listen to, to crap about Manchester City. Let's talk about Arsenal's game coming up on this Monday I don't like Monday games. Um, it's it's not in the morning because, you know, as an American, I've kind of grown accustomed to the fact that I have to wake up early in the morning to watch Premier League games. And there's this night, there's like this, I, I there's like this romanticism around it kind of, you know, I like to wake up and be half asleep really and watching the Premier League. And now this game's going to be at 3 p.m. American time. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> thankfully I don't work or anything like that on Monday, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Monday kickoffs, but we're, we're going up against Leicester City, who are 10th place in the league. They haven't had a great season, to be honest with you. It's been very, very average. Um, they have four wins and four losses, very even, you know, does not appear as if they have any chance of being relegated this year. Um, they've got a few good players, really. They Obviously, they lost Riyad Mahrez to Manchester City. But they've got, you know, they've got some seriously dangerous players that could affect us. You know, I look at the likes of, of Harry Maguire, you know, going up against maybe like an Alexandre Lacazette. Alexandre Lacazette might really struggle on the physical side of this game due to just how massive Harry Maguire is. But, you know, nonetheless, they haven't really been great this season. So I think that we do have a really good chance to get a result against them. Arsenal, as you all know, we have six wins and two losses. The first two losses coming in those first two games against Manchester City and Chelsea. But other than that, we've been other than that this season we've won every single game and we've been going on a really good run. So hopefully we can extend that to seven Premier League wins. And and you know, but but we'll see. You know, we're we're in fourth place. I think that's a if the season was to end right now, if you gave Arsenal fans the option for the season to end right now, we would bite your hand off at it because. Finishing in the top four for us this season, I think, would be a fantastic result. Just getting into the Champions League, because that was the goal coming into this next season. So without further ado, I'm going to get into the starting 11 
the starting 11 that Unai Emery will pick and then the starting 11 versus uh, versus the one I would pick as per usual. Um, again, I think he's going to go with the 4-2-3-1. I know Unai Emery has been trying some new formation such as the 4-4-2 and then the 3-4-3 formation in that Europa League game. But I think this one is going to go to the 4-2-3-1 because I think Emery expects to keep the mo- keep the majority of the possession in this game. Starting off in goal, I'm going to have Burned Leno. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. Petr Cech is obviously still out injured, and he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks. So Burned Leno is going to be starting in goal for me and Unai Emery. Um, interestingly enough, though, I'd just like to see what happens in the Europa League game. I think that might be a chance for Emiliano Martinez to kind of say, hey, you know what, I'm still a goalkeeper here. But I think for the Premier League games now, at least until Petr Cech comes back, Burned Leno is going to be playing. And as for Emiliano Martinez, he's going to be hoping he could play in that Europa League game. But as for this Leicester City game on Monday, Burn Leno is going to be starting in, starting in goal without a shadow of a doubt. Starting as the right back, and I do agree with Unai Emery here. I think it's going to be Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin had a bit of a, of a shaky, rough start to life, really, when Unai Emery came in, like I said in the last podcast. And a lot of people were under the impression that, oh boy, you know, same thing. You know, he's just not good enough. But I think over the past few games, Bellerin has been putting in average to good performances, and he's really establishing himself as a mainstay in that starting 11. So I think Bellerin's going to start for me. I, I, I agree with that, to be honest with you. And I think Unai Emery is going to go with that as well. I think Lichsteiner will probably play in that Europa League game against Sporting. Um, but but yeah, this game, this game, I think this is a good game for Hector Bellerin. I think we could use his pace and use the fact that he does give us a lot of width going forward on that right-hand side of the field. So Hector Bellerin will be starting as a right back for me. Moving over to the center back pairing. Um, Obviously, as you know, Socrates picked up a bit of an injury. Thankfully, it doesn't look serious, but as Unai Emery said, it looks as though he's going to be a doubt for this game. So I think Rob Holding's going to come into there. Rob Holding's been in good form as of recently, and <clears throat> and to be honest with you, I he probably deserves to be there. So you know, Rob Holding's going to be starting in there, and then I think he's going to be starting alongside Skadrin Mustafi. I will be honest with you, that one does worry me a little bit. Skadrin Mustafi going up against the likes of Jamie Vardy and players like that, and and you know, Leicester City do have a lot of pace going forward, like Damari Gray. Jamie Vardy, as I just mentioned. But, but I mean, with that being said, I did doubt Mustafi going into the game against Fulham. I said I don't think that he'd be able to keep keep tabs on Mitrovic. But at the end of the day, he kept him in his pocket. And Mustafi was arguably one of the best players in that 5-1 route over Fulham. So that's a center-back pairing for me. I would go with Rob Holding and Shkodrin Mustafi. And I think Unai Emery is going to go with that as well. Moving over to the left-back position, I think it's got to be Nacho Monreal. Uh, Syed Kalashinak is fit, and I think he will be on the bench. And it is possible that he'll play in that Europa League game. But I will be honest with you, Syed Kalashinak has been worrying me lately. And I was considering writing up an article about this on Pain in the Arsenal. The more and more I watch Syed Kalashinak, the more and more I start to come to the realization that he really is a wing-back, and he is not a full-back. And I just don't think in this system that Unai Emery prefers the 4-2-3-1 or the 4-4-2, whatever it may be. I don't think Kalashnikov really fits into it very well, and he's gonna have to he's gonna have to learn that he has to get back and help defend a little bit better because he's starting to look a bit like a Hector Bellerin, 
who really struggled at first to track back and help defend. Now over the past few games, Hector Bellerin's been improving. But if Kalashinac wants any chance of taking that left back slot from Nacho Monreal, he's going to have to improve significantly in order to actually have any chance of getting into that starting 11. So I would go with Nacho Monreal as a left back, and I think Unai Emery would go with that as well. So on the defensive end of things, I think Unai Emery and I are actually in complete agreement. So let's move up to the, to the midfield pivot just in front of the back line. And I think Unai Emery and myself are in agreement with this as well again. I think Lucas Torreira is going to partner Granite Xhaka. Um, let's, let's have it right. Granite Xhaka looks significantly better when he's playing next to Lucas Torreira. And I think Torreira has been an absolute revelation since coming into the club. At first, I was kind of watching him. Um, and I, I found myself being ignorant. And I just was kind of saying, you know, what does this guy even do? He doesn't, he doesn't even bring anything to the table. But then against Fulham, really, I, I, took, I took the time to just watch Torreira very, very closely. Every time he had the ball, I'd really concentrate on the game and not anything going on around me, not my phone or anything like that. So I would watch Lucas Torreira, and I really did see how good he is on the ball, you know, how good he is at the defensive side of the game. And he was fantastic against Fulham, really. I think he put in a solid 8 out of 10 performance. You know, him, and he just, he just makes Shaka look significantly better. Like, Shaka's free to roam around the field because I think a lot of us thought, and I've said this on numerous occasions, and many, many media outlets have said this on numerous occasions, there was a common misconception when Granite Xhaka came in that he was a defensive midfielder. But since Lucas Torreira has come in, we've got to see the real Granite Xhaka and the fact that he is a deep-line, creative, powerful midfielder in there. So having a player like Lucas Torreira next to Granite Xhaka not only brings the best out of Granite Xhaka, but also really helps Lucas Torreira as well because it doesn't just really flood the midfield with two defensive midfielders. It has one midfielder that says, okay, Granite, go out and create. I'm going to protect this back line. Because if we had, say, a Torreira and maybe a... Steven and Zonzi in there, for example, you'd have two players in there that are essentially just trying to protect the back line. So your back four kind of just becomes a back six. And then the front four don't really have any avenue. Don't, don't really, ha- how would I say that? Not an avenue. Well, yeah, I guess you could say an avenue. There's no avenue for the ball to go through from the goalkeeper to the defense to the attacking side of the field because Zonzi and Torreira aren't particularly great at passing. Whereas Granite Xhaka is a fantastic passer of the ball. So I don't think there's any doubt there for any, any fans or anyone like that. That is by far our best midfield pivot at the moment. I think Unai Emery will go with that, Lucas Torreira and Granite Xhaka, and I do completely agree with them. So let's move up to the back three just behind the striker. I think on the left-hand side of the field, he's going to start with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang again coming back early from international break. Shout out to Gabon. Thank you very much for that. Gabon seem to be really the only international team that are are well aware that the games that they're playing are completely irrelevant. I th- actually, I think they they were doing. I I could be wrong, but I think they were doing African Cup of Nations qualifying, and they actually sent him back early. So again, shout out to Gabon for that. But Aubameyang's back. Um, I guess he played 45 minutes with the U23s because he had a little bit of an injury scare. That's what Unai Emery was saying, at least. But it does look as though he will be fit to start against Leicester City, and I think he has to start, to be honest with you. This is a guy that could score 30 goals a season. We just have to give him the service that he that he needs, because whereas I think Lacazette is kind of like this all-around complete striker that's really good at playing the ball, you know, really good at hold-up play, Aubameyang is purely a goal scorer. You know, he's like, like a 
like an African Cristiano Ronaldo, I guess you can say. What he brings to the table is goals. So I think Aubameyang has to start there over on the left-hand side. Moving over to the number 10 position, I think we're going to see Aaron Ramsey actually starting over Mesut Ozil. Simply down to the fact that when Aaron Ramsey came on against Fulham, he was utterly fantastic. Um, and I, I forgot to mention, I do agree with Aubameyang starting, and I think Emery will do that as well. But anyway, um, I actually agree with Ramsey starting in the number 10 position as well because, because to be honest with you, I mean, he's just... I know, I know the contract situation he's in right now is a bit difficult, but however, he is still a player for our club. And if he starts to put in good performances, then maybe Emery will change his mind and give him that contract that Ramsey clearly wants. But, but we will see. We will see. I think Ozil will be left out of the starting 11. And, and that doesn't come down to Ozil really being in any kind of bad form. But I just think that it would be unfair for Mesut Ozil to be put right back into the starting 11 despite Aaron Ramsey putting in a fantastic performance off the bench against Fulham, and Ozil just coming back from an injury. Moving over to the right-hand side, I think Unai Emery will go with Henrik Mkhitaryan, and that is the one player that I actually do not agree with starting in this game. I think that Alex Awobi should play. Again, put in a good performance for Nigeria on the international break and has been probably one of our best players going forward this season. So I would personally start Alex Awobi. But I do think that Unai Emery will go with Henrik Mkhitaryan because he was relatively decent against Fulham. I thought a lot of people kind of casted him aside and said he was sloppy and things like that. To be honest with you, I think he was one of the best players on the field alongside Skodron Mustafi and Alexandra Lacazette. But that, that is just my opinion and you're completely more than welcome to, to have a different one. But in this game, I wouldn't start Henrik Mkhitaryan. He is just coming back from international break with Armenia. I mean, I know Wobi's coming back from, from Nigeria, but really, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think, I think Henrik Mkhitaryan, he's got he's to gotta improve a little bit more. He really does. And I, I think if there's any partnership that can't play together, I think Mkhitaryan can play with Ramsey, and I think Mkhitaryan can play with Ozil. I don't think Ramsey could play with Ozil, though. So if Mkhitaryan was to play in this game, it wouldn't necessarily be catastrophic. However, I would just go with Alex Iwobi in order to provide us with a little bit more width. Um, moving up front to the striker, I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's probably been our best player this season. Alexandra Lacazette has to play, and I think he'd be an integral part to this team against Leicester City. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. He scored his first goal for Arsenal against Leicester City, and... And he's a, he's, a, he's a fantastic player, and he, he has to play for me. And I think Unai Emery completely agrees with that. And I think everybody agrees with that. He's really kind of stealing the spotlight. I did not expect that. I will be completely honest with you. I did not expect that at all. I thought when Aubameyang came in, it would really unsettle Lacazette. But it seems as though, if anything, it's kind of just made him even more happy at the club. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, and I'm really happy to see Alexandra Lacazette shining, despite the fact that we all really expected Aubameyang not that Aubameyang's not shining, but Lacazette has hands down been our best player this season. So that is the starting 11 um, that, I, that Unai Emery would go with. I think we're all in agreement. We're, we're, we're in agreement for the most part, actually. We disagree with Mkhitaryan starting. I think he'll go with Mkhitaryan, but I think Alex Iwobi should play in this game. So just to go through it one more time, Burn Leno will play in goal. Hector Bellerin, Rob Holding, Shkadrin Mustafi, and Nacho Monreal will play as the back line. 
Lucas Torreira and Granite Jaka will be the midfield pivot just in front of the back line. The wingers in the game, I believe, will be Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan. I would personally drop Mkhitaryan for Alex Awobi. And then Aaron Ramsey will play with the number in the number 10 position, leaving Ozil on the bench. And Ramsey will be just behind Alexandra Lacazette, who will play in the striking position. Now on to the players to watch for Leicester City. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that that is certainly Jamie Vardy. He has scored six goals in his last six games against Arsenal. And we do really struggle with those pacey strikers. Actually, you know what, to be honest with you, we kind of struggle with every striker because we also struggle with the big boys like Marco Arnautovic and players like that. So it's starting to appear to me that we're just not very good at defending. But we do really struggle with Jamie Vardy. He's incredibly fast. And Rob Holding and Shkodran Mustafi are certainly going to have their work cut out for them. And I hope that Shkodran Mustafi can mitigate the threat of Jamie Vardy just as he did the threat of Mitrovic against Fulham, but only time will tell. I think the player to watch for Arsenal is going to be Alexandre Lacazette, who, like I said, has been our best player this season. He did score his first ever Arsenal goal against Leicester City, so hopefully he can continue that run going and score again in the Emirates Stadium against Leicester City and give Arsenal our seventh league win in a row. As for my prediction, I think Arsenal are going to win this game two goals to one. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Leicester City have an extremely good defense and are very good on the counterattack. But I think Arsenal will just have too much going forward for them to handle. I think Leicester City I think Leicester City will score, though, in the game. And I think it'll be Jamie Vardy again. It'll probably be seven goals in seven. Um, but then I think Alexandra Lacazette will score two goals in the game. And I don't think any of the goals are going to come in the first half. I think the first half is going to be super slow, super boring. And then I think that Leicester City will break the deadlock through Jamie Vardy. But then I think Alexandra Lacazette will put in two nice finishes and give us a 2-1 win, giving us our seventh league win in a row, hopefully keeping us in fourth place and possibly, if anything, bringing us further, even further up in the table. But that's it for my pregame analysis of the game against Leicester City coming up this Monday. There are some Premier League games coming up this weekend. I know that Chelsea is going up against Manchester United. So if you want to see Hazard absolutely torch the horrendous defense of Manchester United, I would encourage you to go ahead and watch that. But I don't really care about those games. Frankly, I just care about the Arsenal, and we don't play until Monday. Then after that, we go and we play in Portugal on Thursday against Sporting, only three days after our league game. Uh, yeah, thanks, FIFA. Or thanks whoever the hell makes the scheduling. But yeah, that's it for my pregame analysis. Um, I'll be sure to make a postgame analysis slash pregame analysis of the game against Sporting. Um, and yeah, we are going up against Leicester City this Monday. So come on, Arsenal. Please, please do not let me down. See ya.